It's Özlem Özkan, and this is Bridging, a podcast which will take you on a bridge to somewhere else, sometimes somewhere familiar, and sometimes somewhere new. The coming nine episodes, I will be interviewing people across the world, people who not only have experience with cultural diversity, but are culturally diverse people. They are from the US, Morocco, Netherlands, Venezuela, France, Mexico, Turkey, Denmark, Spain, Germany, and Curaçao. While some of them grew up with two cultures, some of them moved to another country later on in life. Sometimes their curiosity and instinct led them to the right country, and sometimes it was their parents. Adventure, confusion, and time by time loneliness made them evolve and build strength. Sometimes it took only one person to cut their judgments into ribbons. Some were called Frenchie in high school. Some took a totally different direction than anyone in the family. Some chose to build a life based on their curiosity instead of building a resume. Some left a big ocean behind and they all learned how to move ahead in life. And getting challenged wasn't always easy, yet it was a good thing because they got to know themselves. They're all different and unique, yet they all share something common, their unique superpower created as a byproduct of their life moving between cultures, nations and sometimes religions. I am here with Maria Garcia Rojo, born and raised in Spain. From the age of nine, she spent her summers at a boarding school in Ireland, which created her foundation of living a curious life. Born in the 60s, during the dictatorship in Spain, she craved for freedom and her curiosity made her move to Germany, Egypt and later on Turkey. She says that curiosity is like a door. Once you open it, you cannot close it. It's bringing you from one place to the next one. Welcome, Maria. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's nice having you here. Yeah, it's nice to talk to you too. So uh, you have lived in different countries. You were born and raised in Spain. You live nowadays in Germany. You lived in Egypt. You lived in Turkey. And from a young age, you actually went each summer for three, four months to a summer school in Ireland. You are such a cultural, diverse person. And I would like to start actually with the time in Ireland. Like you, as a child from nine years old, you went each summer for three, four months to this boarding school in Ireland. What kind of impact do you think it had on your fundament? If I'm honest, and if I look back now, I think uh, that was my first cultural shock. But of course, I didn't realize that it was a shock. Um, I was born in a dictatorship with nine years. Uh, my mother took me to another country, uh, to another culture, and it was definitely a shock. I, couldn't, I didn't understand what was happening with me. I was only crying the whole time. I think it was like... 
strengthening me to to do other things. I think it was the first time that I, that I opened a door that it was um, giving me uh, an insight of something that I didn't know and it was making me curious, but not at that moment. I understood that much later. When was this later? Like you attended this school for nine years. No, I think it it was like a process, like everything uh, when you are um, in between different cultures, is, it's always a process to adapt. And the first, I think the, f the first one, the second one, and even the third one, I was crying. But after, at the, um, let's say the last four times that we were there, we were just... The, we were in charge of the situation. We knew how it was, uh, how what was going on. We knew what to do. We could speak better the language. I was with my sister there as well, and we have a, a great time. And it was really when we stopped uh, going there, it was um, it was very sad because we we got along. But it was a process, and it took time, and it didn't happen from the beginning. Uh, what made you experience the shock? Was it the language? Was it the culture? Was it the people? Was it the food they were eating? Was yeah, it... yeah, yeah, food, uh, food, people, language, uh, landscape, uh, way of life. They were living, um, we have these houses with garden and I didn't know that from Spain. We were living in a flat with um, like, I don't know, four floors. And this was another way of living. It was, uh, it was another culture. Yeah, food was an issue, definitely, because I was not used to have this kind of breakfast. In Spain, we have very little breakfast, and in, in Ireland, it was like beans with bacon, and, and it was um, I, I couldn't eat anything at the beginning. But at the end, I was loving it. Language, of course, I was nine years old, and I couldn't speak a word English, so it was for me... Um, I didn't have any resources, uh, not consciously resources, that I could use as now. To, to make myself understood. I, I, I felt lost, but this feeling changed and that was the good thing about it. It changed over the years, yes, what you said, yes. it was a process. You do not expect the first year, okay, I'm just going full in and it is all No, not really even the nice. second, the third, the fourth. I think it took like four or five years to get out. I know how it works now. I can speak more, a little bit more the language. I get along and it was a process. And and this is thing. This is something important that everything takes time. And and sometimes all the... all. What is going on is not conscious, it's unconscious, and you don't feel it. You just know that something is not feeling right, but you don't know exactly what. Yeah, you cannot really name it, eh? but you feel it. Yeah. Actually, uh, that's maybe that's even the gut feeling that most, most people like, you know, you feel something, but, you're not sure, uh, you use your intellect mind, and then you're like, what is it? But actually, you feel something. Yeah, yeah, you feel it. And the thing is that you have the idea that you're doing something good. No, and my mother, the teachers there, because um, everybody was talking, oh, what a great chance you are having, blah, blah, blah. So you're thinking you're doing something good, but at the same time, it's something is not, it's wrong. It's feeling bad. I, I, Why well, am I'm crying the whole time? And this kind of, um, of contradiction is something that it has repeated through my whole life, like being in a place where it's supposed to be good, but feeling bad. And dealing with it, it's one of the big challenges that I'm still facing uh, at my age. Ah, okay, so being in a place and actually feeling bad and not really uh, you, you it's not easy to name it yeah. and what it is yeah. but there 
Ah, that feeling is it already started when you were nine, ten, eleven yeah. years old. You know, the first few yes. years in Ireland. Yes, and that is. I think it's about. It's a cultural shock, and I had it again in Germany. I had it again when I came to East Germany, and now I can name it. But it was really a process because at the beginning it's like, oh yeah, you go, you go to another place, you discover another culture, you get another job. It's something positive, but. It's feel it feels um, it feels awkward. It feels not uh, as it it's not matching. That's really really interesting. Like you know, we will we will go to that Germany part, yeah. but yet you know, on the age of eighteen, you you stopped going to this uh, summer school, and you were in Madrid. You were going to college. You were studying, but somehow after a few years, there came this feeling of wanting to move. And so you moved to Germany. What was the trigger? What was the reason that you felt like, hey, I want to move to Germany? It was in the 19, 1997, something like that? 95, 96. Especially also, you know, at a time where people not used to travel that much. Yes. And you know, nowadays everyone travels. They go anywhere. They go to different countries. But that 1996... It was not so common, but I think I have to mention that um, what plays a huge role is that I was born in a dictatorship. In 75 Franco, the dictator was dying, and in Spain came a period of total freedom. Of, uh, of uh, It was a time that is not going to repeat again anymore. So at that time, I was um, living in Madrid. A, a little later, no? I came to live in Madrid and study. I started to study there. I think this atmosphere was incredible. It was now it was possible to try drugs, to try as it was sex, it was drugs, it was music, it was everything, it was art. It was it's a it was a period of a, a extremely creative period, and that was great fun. But that was also a great risk. So I think that from 85 to uh, 95 i was in a kind of uh, to be honest uh, enjoying uh, that we were living in a democracy and trying all the possibilities that this kind of system is offering with the other thing that came at that time was aids aids uh, drug problems uh, alcohol problems so i think that going to germany was a way of escaping from uh, how my life was going there did you find yourself in a hub like that, you know, where there's drugs, rock and roll, sex? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, and you really wanted to escape from this actually freedom, but, but freedom yeah. maybe in a different way that you would yes. not like to experience. No, and it was not making me happy and I realized it and it was like kind of a circle. I was not feeling happy, so I, what, I was doing it even more often. I was going out, I was uh, having drugs and I was taking everything just to escape from this feeling, but I, it was with me, I was taking it. I was not making taking the decision consciously, oh, I want to live in Germany. It didn't work like that. It was in a way escaping from this kind of, of of situation that I was having in Madrid, uh, very open, very free, very wild, but at the same time, very yeah, dangerous for me. So actually, in a way, the pressure uh, to people before 1975, it made create people when they got freedom, like they went just crazy, kind yeah. of not, I, maybe it's not crazy for some people, I would say, but they went just really 
out there yeah i can yeah. do now anything everything but yet if you look at germany you know germany is also a country with a lot of freedom but they were not in a dictatorship shortly before that 75 before 75 let's say how did you experience did you find a peace of mind in germany the first years it was like continuing what i was doing in madrid it was again i was in cologne and that was fun i was trying to learn german going out it was a little bit continuing with my life in madrid but far away from all these dangers that this the city was offering and more in control of my life it was a big city like madrid it was offering similar things so it was not uh, this this, uh, I didn't feel this cultural change because I was I have I was having a social environment that was very similar to my social environment in Madrid. It, there were artists, there were graphic designs, there were uh, yeah filmmakers, and this is a very uh, it's a microcosmos in itself. So that was very open, and that was the same kind of people that I was do, uh, that I get to know also in Madrid. So from this in this change. It was like uh, this bubble in Madrid continued in Cologne for a while. Uh, what, what I would like to get an understanding of, like, if they were the similar people as the people in, in Madrid, Spain, like, or in, in Madrid, like the people that you were hanging out yeah. with. But was there was there also this freedom acts going on, like yeah, you know, yeah. again, sex, yeah. drugs, rock and roll, yeah. and you kept you kept doing that there too in Germany. Did you yes, keep doing I, that? Yes, I kept doing that because that was my bridge. My bridge to the German culture was this kind of things that I was doing in Madrid. I I went on doing that in them in Cologne, but then it it started to change slowly. Then I got a a job in architecture, and then it it's this changes the way I was going out and I was doing. It was really gradually, like yeah, it yeah. was not from one day to another no. day, but just the process that you... Um, then, you know, a time came uh, after uh, living in Germany for 10 years, you decided to go on an adventure and uh, you moved to Egypt. And uh, I know that you were teaching there as uh, Sudanese refugees um, in an organization of the United Nations. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? You know, a Spanish a woman going first to Germany to escape this dictatorship, uh, the freedom after the dictatorship, let's say that. Being in Germany, you're getting to know the language, just starting a life, and then after 10 years, what, wh how was that experience in Cairo? I loved it. For me, Cairo was like um, another world. It's definitely another world, but a, a chaotic world. And maybe I was I was a little bit tired of this. Um, everything was in Germany. Everything was like a structure of. Um, when did you move to Cairo? Which year did you? Two thousand and six. The Arab Spring came. I think shortly after that. What also played a role is that I had a boyfriend in Germany that came from Iran. And this was, of course, opening my my way um, to another culture. And he was a refugee, a political refugee, because his father was working for the Secret Service. I get to know all the family. I get along with all of them. So it was, again, getting in touch in Germany with an Iranian culture and being a part of this culture, really, um, it, it was fantastic. I was drinking with the father, of uh, with Babak's father, and he was telling me about all his, uh, yeah, um, war experience because he was a military in in the in the Shah regime and then he was escaped. It was another world again, and maybe 
um, Babak and his family was opening for me an, uh, an oriental world. We shouldn't mix Iran with Turkey because there are two different worlds. But through Babak, I, came, I wanted to go to Iran. But then at the end, start Iran, it was Cairo. And I decided, okay, if it's not Iran, then it could be Cairo. I thought it, that Egypt was going to be a little bit more secure than Iran for a woman alone and for, yeah, to move around. I felt in love immediately with Cairo. It was like this chaos. There was in this chaos, there was like a kind of a structure and I loved it. What did you love the most in Cairo? Uh, just crossing the street, it was like bullfighting. You have to get very close to the cars, but at the same time, go forward and then like drive through. And at the beginning, I was getting like a heart attack and I was thinking, how am I going to cross the street? This is not possible. And I was like, okay, yes, go, do it. And it was like, a, again, like a learn process, but this kind of crossing the streets in Cairo with everybody driving extremely fast and you like uh, swimming between the, the, the rows because there is not a role in this in this sense so th this was an adventure or the way they deal with garbage i i thought it was a it's a beautiful garbage there, there was like a, a, a mountain full of garbage and in front of this garbage someone was selling something and, and this kind of contradictions and contrast was like uh, for me it was like a a beautiful experience yet maria like you you come from um from from west europe like from from europe and um the european culture is different than you know the iranian egyptian uh, turkish or uh, you know when you go more to the east it just get more um this uh, you there's much more difference between the two parts of the world yet you know what actually is the same we are all human they are everywhere human you know if they are in the east or the west I am really curious to hear if you were scared initially to just get in touch with this ex-boyfriend, which was Iranian, because, you know, there's there is what I also notice in my environment around. There is a lot of prejudice about people from the East. What we see in the media, what do we hear, you know, what we hear and see. But we, we don't know the people exactly. No. We, 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 maybe we have not been in touch with a person. You know, I can say, for example, now uh, about, um, I don't know, about any ethnical background, any country, like, for example, uh, let's say Nepalese. Nepalese people are this and this and this, but I've never been but in touch know. with them. Yeah, maybe I, well, I watched the movie, a documentary, but I have never been in touch with a Nepalese person. What about you like did, did you have prejudice before getting in touch with babak and um, your iranian ex-boyfriend and then going also to egypt i don't know i i think that more than prejudice i was curious i was extremely curious about um well his story was um fantastic he he left iran by feet they were follow his story really blow my mind in a way he was really an incredible person and that was like opening my mind and it's opening a lot of doors and it doesn't matter in which culture you are and i find it also with him and in cairo and in turkey humor is an incredible tool in in situations where i couldn't understand and what it, it was quite frustrating always there was like a little humor that was opening immediately uh, yeah other communication channels and getting in contact with the people 
And also one person is not representative for a culture or for a country because right. I mean, so you, you may get to know something, a part of this culture when you get to know a person, but if you know another person from the same country, you may have a totally different perspective. So it's, uh, it takes a little bit more than a person uh, to get to know a country and it's very important to differentiate. It's, so it's very important to differentiate, not base your conclusions actually on that one yeah, person no. or few people even. Like maybe maybe you have to live there first. You have to be in a community and see how people behave and learn and yes, act. And, and it's so complex. We are getting we are living in very complex society. In Cairo, there was um, the majority is Muslim, but there are uh, Christians there, and they live uh, totally different to the Muslims. And at the same time, they live together. Together. So, and also uh, among the the Muslim community, there are extremely huge differences. And also, we have the factor of the political situation. It was a dictatorship where the militaries were having all the money. So, all the people that were related to the militaries were having another position, and they were extremely open. So, it's really complex to to judge a culture for because of one person. Yes. So, Babak, we've been the inspiration. You well. met uh, maybe the right person to get the inspiration. You you went to Egypt and after Egypt, going, you went to Turkey in 2009. You lived there for seven years in Istanbul, where we actually met at international yeah, school. I remember. We used to yes. work together. Yes. Uh, what were, in your experience, the differences between Istanbul and Cairo? Istanbul is um, is a great mixture. It's again a bridge between. I mean, it's like a little bit like a topic between east and west. No, and in Istanbul you find this chaos that I loved from Cairo, but at the same time you find this European way of life that is also, um, yeah, a gorgeous thing. You were you were teaching at an international school. You were teaching Spanish. How did you experience these students from? all over the world like you were teaching a group of 15 20 kids they came from all over the world and they were in one classroom i used to feel like i am in a plane you know leaving from jfk airport yeah. with all these different people how was your experience in that a huge challenge so for me, I was studying at the same time I was teaching. And at the same time, suddenly I was teaching 20 different um, nationalities. And that was a huge challenge, definitely. And also, again, the political context. Some of the kids were, were coming from a war context and they were bringing traumas. And once you have kids with trauma in your classroom, it's um, it's getting very difficult uh, to differentiate. It's getting it, it really needs a special ausbildung. Um, how do you say for um, education for that to deal with that? Okay, you lived around for eight years after Germany. You lived in Egypt and in Turkey in Istanbul. And you had a relationship um, with a German guy who yeah. was living back in Germany. How did you keep your relationship content? The reason I ask for this is, you know, in the, in the places I lived, there were a lot of people having relationships and their boyfriends or girlfriends or husbands, wives. They were in different countries because they couldn't come due to uh, visa or any other reason. They did not have a job, but they still kept their relationships what is the secret of that you kept your relationship content trust trust ah that's a nice one you trusted tobias he trusted you 
that's the only thing if you have that that's like kind of like the fundament of the whole thing no but, but this is the, the base the base and then there is also a common way of um, we saw life in the same way we were both very curious we love to play we love to discover we love new things we were having this in curious but the base it was trust definitely so are you i hear you saying a lot of times curiosity curious curiosity yeah. i was curious to the iranian culture i'm curious to this i was curious to live in cairo so and you know usually as a also a teacher i saw with in kids they are they are really curious when kids play they mm. just like jump on things they just go on they don't think with their head they do their curiosity they lead them and you are in your 50s now mm -hmm. you kept the curiosity in you or and it kind of was all the time as a as a, like a rope in your life during moving and all how how do you keep that alive how do i keep it alive i think that once you started curiosity is like a door that once you open it you cannot close it so it's bringing you from one place to the next one Mm, nice one. Do, do you think you opened that when you were nine, when you were going to Ireland to the summer school? Maybe it was like um, it's it opened it. It was opened there this door for curiosity, and then I enjoyed. And maybe that's the that and also creativity, the possibility of of um, of doing things on my own, even if it's not um, again. Uh, success in in the classical definition of success but it's to create something on my own that it works for instance yeah like what you did with the languages too yeah i mean you speak spanish english uh, german that's fluent and you also speak a little bit arabic and turkish i mean the curiosity event that also brought you learning these languages which also will make you connect to different yeah. people from all over the world and um so living in four countries nowadays you live in germany you did not go back to spain actually why didn't you go back to spain i always thought spain is always there i can always get back but still i have to uh, i was curious again it was curious i have to discover something else and and i'm still curious i was wondering it was my birthday uh, two days ago and i was wondering okay can i move somewhere else it, this is this cannot be that Rostock is going to be my last place. I cannot imagine. So where can we move? How can I say we? But maybe it's me alone, not with Tobias. It depends. It, maybe he comes with me. Maybe not. But that's not so important. Um, I think it's important to follow the path that you think it, that it feels right. You feel it. It's okay. So it's you in your fifties. You still think like, hey, what is next? What? Can yeah. I, where can I go? What do you think the pros and cons are for living in four countries and like still thinking about moving again? Pros would be you get uh, to know another culture and you get to know yourself because at the end, I think it's a bridge to yourself. It's a you in another context and how do you deal? What part of you ah. is coming up in this new context? Yes. It's about you at the end. No? Being in a foreign place, you get to know yourself. Yes. Yeah. You learn how to act. Mm, 
nice one. Once you you are in touch with uh, with a with a foreign culture, the first thing that it comes up is your own culture. This is a very good way to find out, yeah, what are your values? What are you up to? What are you? What is important for you? How do you handle situations, um, and why do you handle like this? And you find this out when you are in touch with something that you don't know. Then it comes your oh, identity. Yes. It's an identity issue too. Oh, what were the cons? The cons. What were two cons? It's again uh, the social environment. Uh, it's again looking for friends. It's again looking for uh, things to to do to kind of a job. And what it was interested in Germany is that when I wanted to move to Cairo, I was talking to my friends, and because I wanted support, I thought. Um, I can do it alone, but it would be fine if my friends support me. And my boyfriend was supporting me, but my friends, and that was a very interesting experience, they couldn't deal with that. They didn't want me to go away, and instead of supporting me, they were like kind of, uh, yeah, breaking me, avoiding that I move because different reasons, um, different reasons, but it's really one of the things when you're planning to go abroad sometimes you should you really have to pick up the right person to support you and that's very very important there are many people that move abroad nowadays you see it much more right and there are also many people a big part of them not a, i don't know if it's a big part of a small part actually but part of them they move because they get a contract already in their country in the other country and they move as an expat you know they have actually all that already that security we have a job in uh, country x and we will go there and we'll start working there but actually what is very interesting is you each time you moved without having any Anything. secure job in in germany in cairo in istanbul at the end you find you found it in a very short time even and uh, also what, 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 I, what I see a lot is like you did different kind of things. You were an office manager in uh, Germany. Uh, you studied actually law in Spain. But after working a little bit as a lawyer, you thought this is nothing for me. And you became a teacher. Uh, you, you worked on a movie together with your partner. So you did different things, right? And uh, in a society, especially it, it starts changing a little bit these years. But, you know, a career path is very important. Like, you have to know, what am I going to do after five years, after ten years? Yes. I'm going to be, yeah. I don't know, anything, or whatever that is. It might be a lawyer. It might be, uh, I don't know, a salesperson, any person that you already plan it out. And even when you have this interview, people look at that. How did you deal with that? Let me say that. How did you deal with being in an environment where most people think of carrier pets, not all of them, definitely not. And you actually thought out of the box. You just moved of the count to the country because you were curious. You followed whatever you followed. It might be your heart. It might be your gut. It might be your feeling. It was. I, I was an outsider. I remember when I was working in this. Um, architecture office it was a secure job more or less and nobody was understanding why I have to go to Cairo with no job and the thing is yes. that I was not interested in career in this classical sense uh, that you have a job and then you go uh, up and up and up and you earn more and more and more that was for me uh, that was never interested that's why maybe I was not successful because I didn't have a path that I could present 
to the to the human resources and said, look, I have done this and this and this and this, and all is uh, aligned. My curriculum was a little bit like this. I was following my instinct more than my job uh, career perspectives. And it was difficult. It was difficult. Very difficult. It was difficult. It was difficult to explain to uh, that I was giving up security to to go to somewhere to some place where I had no idea how I was going to survive. But I always managed, and that was the good thing about it. Was it difficult for your friends or the people that got to know you, or for the people that were about to hire you? Uh, yeah, for uh, so to get jobs, it was extremely difficult with this kind of path. Because I was a lawyer, but I, I studied law, but I was not working that much as a lawyer. I was working as a producer. I was, now we are doing our own honey, honey production and we are distributing it. So it's another thing. So it's like, I'm doing a lot of things. And this is, nowadays is being more um, appreciated. But in the past, I was, right. I was like a, an outsider. And that was also reject i was too they couldn't understand me so they reject me that was something that it's um i'm totally unfair when you find when you meet someone that has a totally different way of life and path and way of living for many people it's difficult to understand and also they remind you that there are other possibilities of living your life and they don't want to hear that so they reject you and this is also bringing kind of isolation so it's also an, a difficult issue to deal with. That's a contra for, for these kind of things, no? that um, they reject you when in the country that you're living and at the beginning they reject you. In Reject is a strong word, but they are scared of you. That's why you feel this rejection. You, you are yes, in both yes. cultures, reject, not rejected, but look like, uh, what are you doing? Who are you? What are you doing here? Yes, yes. I actually, uh, especially with the career thing, I also experienced that myself. You know, I was teaching almost for 10 years and then I wanted to do uh, sales. I wanted to work in business. And after applying to so many, many places in the Netherlands, I was living back in Amsterdam. I was just turned down. They they did not yeah. hire me. But, because you were not having yet, experience in that area. That, Actually, I had the experience when I was a student. I, I worked a lot, but I didn't have a business degree. Yeah. I did not have uh, a business professional full-time experience. Yet, there was one country, there was one culture that was extremely open for to hire personalities. They yeah. wanted to have a kind of a personal, and that was Denmark. Denmark yeah. really looked at me and also all the other people that they hired with. Who are you? Who is Özlem? What kind of person are you? How yeah. do you work together? How, how do you show your passion? But all the skill set we can teach you. That is teachable. And that was really like I, I really believe Denmark is very far ahead of uh, yeah. many, many things in the world. And they, they have seen it. And that was really interesting. But yeah. you know, even like a country as the Netherlands, where you would think they would be more thinking out of the box. In no. this way, it was extremely difficult. But yes. nowadays, thanks God, yeah, it's six changing. years later, it's, it's changing. changing. It's, it's, I, I feel it, that it's too. Changing. And this is good, but it took a time. Everything is a process. It doesn't happen from, yes. from today till tomorrow. And to... To be able to live with this uncertainty is important. And especially, you know, we as human beings, we want to belong to a group, to a larger yeah, group, right? And whatever that group is. And at the moment you do not belong, you might have thoughts like, 
Am I weird? Is yeah, there something yeah. wrong? With me? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I maybe, am weird. maybe I should do this. <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah, then you start yeah. actually embracing I am weird. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I am weird. weird. So yeah, but then not to you you sh you should still believe in you and um even though from the outside you get this kind of mm, you you're so weird, huh? Just to keep on and believe in sounds a little bit um yeah, believe in yourself. Yes, of course, it's one of these easy things to say. But to keep trusting yourself, and and at the end, I realized that try your own way, make your own kind of projects, make your own little business, and and there, there is also one of these things. So, what would you advise your younger self? Is there any advice that you would give? Like, you know, maybe maybe you are not, you do not regret maybe anything, but you feel like if I was a little bit younger, I would have done it this way. I, I don't regret. I only regret that I didn't um, take make these decisions faster. It took me sometimes a while to make a decision. And I regret mm. that I didn't took it faster. Because oh, I was nice. a little bit scared and I was doubting. It was about myself. Oh God, am I going to survive? I regret that I, I didn't make these decisions, uh, that I trust myself and I did it faster. That's what I regret. Yes. Okay. So you say like when you have an idea, yeah. do it. Try because action, go into action. It doesn't matter if it's right or wrong and if it takes you, but whatever it is, just follow your instinct and do it. Go into the action and something will come. From movement, something comes. Move, dare, move, try. Action, move. Action, yes. Yeah, this moving. Yes, nice. Having lived in these different countries, having done different kind of jobs, been also feeling lonely at times, be it being an outsider. What is a message that you would like to give to people that want to move abroad, live in a, a different culture, or maybe even meet a guy or a woman from a totally different culture but they are fearful for that culture or they are hesitant because they don't know the culture what would you recommend everyone that is facing something that is unfamiliar new to them because it is unfamiliar they do not want to take the step but actually they would like it it's difficult to to give an advice that is a, that is universal and work for everybody because we are all different human beings and we have different approaches so what worked for you or for me is not going to work for someone else right. so it's it's really difficult to give a universal approach but if if we are talking about people that are curious about that are thinking even thinking about to go somewhere else to meet to are curious about other cultures I think like find your own way. Maybe some people need to jump into the culture. Some people need to go very slowly and make like a step after step. So find a way that is matching, that is honest to you, that it makes your life uh, comfortable. If it's, you don't have to follow a model because there is no right model. There is, you can make your own model. So find your way and you will you know that you're right because it feels good what you're doing. Yes, find your way, find your own way, own unique way. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Thank you so much, Maria. I uh, really appreciate our conversation we just had. Learned so much from you and 
from your experiences and I would say curiosity and find your own way. These are the keywords for me of the takeaways that I will take away from today. Thank you so much for joining me. I have. I have to say thanks, Ossi. That is um, your questions are moving again a lot of things, um, even in a middle-aged lady. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's gorgeous that that you're doing this kind of projects. It's very, very inspiring what you're doing for many people. Please continue. Follow also your own way. Ah, uh, thank you so much. I will. I will keep following my own way. Thank yeah. you so much, Maria. Bridging is a podcast produced by me, Özlem Özkan. If you have enjoyed listening to Bridging, please rate it on Apple Podcasts, subscribe, or even better, tell a friend. Your support will make a huge difference. Thank you so much for listening.